Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's talk about this Omicron um, variant, that, which is racing through this country, and uh, it's said to be milder, but it's uh, significant in numbers, racing across Canada. Our guest is Dr. Brian Conway. He's the medical director and infectious diseases specialist at the Vancouver Infectious Diseases Center. Dr. Conway, good to have you back with us. It is a pleasure to be back, Roy. How do you feel about 16 bucks for, for a couple of eggs? Well, I wouldn't eat out much going forward, I'll tell you that. Uh, this, is, this is COVID world. We just need to sort of get used to it. It's uncertain. It's changing. It's not comfortable. Uh, we need to find ways to make it a bit more comfortable so we can get through this together. That is so true, isn't it? We really do need to be able to deal with it and and be able to find some sort of comfort zone, as you say, knowing what we're going to do when we get up in the morning and handling the day as best we possibly can. When uh, When we talk about this Omicron virus or the variant racing across the country like wildfire. What are you seeing in Vancouver? What are you seeing at the uh, center? And uh, do, you, do you agree with that assessment? No, I totally agree with it. We're diagnosing uh, several people every day that just walk in. We have the benefit of rapid tests. They have the right symptoms. They've had some exposure where their bubble has been broken. They brought in somebody's boyfriend, somebody's girlfriend, of a guest from out of town, relative from out of town, that created new contacts. They got sick three days later, they come and see us, they have COVID. And I think that really is evidence of how quickly and easily this is spreading. And uh, the numbers we're seeing are three to four times lower than the actual case counts. We can't count that high anymore. It's a really big deal. Yeah, and uh, at the center, you frequently deal with people who would be maybe not at the most advantageous position uh, economically in the world and, and face challenges. And, and there's been a lot said about um, Canadians who fall by the wayside. Uh, they fall through the cracks and the system just lets them go. Uh, is, that, is that a fair assessment? And how, how, are you, how, are you oh, see, how are you seeing this? That is so insightful, Roy. We think that right now about one in three residents of the downtown east side, the inner city, have COVID. They have no ability to protect themselves. The usual routes that they are utilizing to get care are just not there anymore. Uh, they rely on us going around in a van sometimes, which is what we do, to provide care to them. And, and, and it's hard. It's difficult. It's difficult for everybody, particularly difficult for the inner city. Yeah, we don't want to forget the people who are sometimes far too easily forgotten because they are our fellow Canadians at the end of the day and, uh, and they have every right to be considered just like everybody else. What are the consequences for the people we're talking about, Dr. Conway? Record opioid-related overdose deaths. They're disengaged from care, they buy drugs on the street, and they die in record numbers. So six, seven, eight per day. And uh, this is something that we really haven't had a chance to deal with. 
they aren't taking care of their medical needs either because they don't have access to care and they just feel more and more disenfranchised so the motivation to get uh, involved in care is is even less let me give you a really silly but poignant example starting january 1st there's a 25 cent charge for disposable coffee cups in the city of vancouver a bylaw that is encouraging us to conserve the people of the inner city get breakfast vouchers that allow them for to get free breakfast they're going to these chains all of them i'm not going to name one more than the other and they're being asked to fork out 25 cents plus two cents gst in addition to their free breakfast coupon to get their breakfast they don't have it they're not given breakfast so there you go so if you don't have 25 cents you're not going to get your breakfast well, they're going to change it this week. They're, so they're, they're, in quotes, reconsidering this. They hadn't thought of this. But this breakfast voucher for free wasn't covering the quarter for the cup. My God. Um, I mean, that hurts just to hear that. Because, you know, I've talked about this on this program in the past. When I was in my teens, I lived homeless. So, so I know what it's like. Uh, oh, man. Um. So we have we have hundreds of thousands of surgeries that have been either canceled, postponed, delayed, same thing as postponed, I guess, across this country. And we talked to the incoming president of the Canadian Medical Association on the program earlier today about this. So the people you would see regularly at the Vancouver Infectious Diseases Center, they don't even make these statistics, do they? No, absolutely not. I mean, they are uh, potentially, uh, we, we need to connect them to care because the uh, services have been cut back. The services that do exist right now are being further cut back because the staff has COVID. A third aren't showing up for work every day. So we just can't plug them in to, uh, to the services in the first place. And it, it leads to further uh, isolation, I would say. So, and even for, for other people trying to book uh, semi-urgent uh, CT scans, MRIs, it's becoming harder and harder. You have to spend a lot of time pleading your case, and that, that too, may not even be possible going forward. Let me ask you a couple of generic questions. Um, as an infectious diseases specialist, what, what are the expected immunity levels for the vaccinated, um, people who've had booster shots, and for those who have perhaps been infected, and, and people who are, in, in fact, experiencing Omicron, and, you, you know, we've talked about it racing through the country um, like wildfire, so, and being milder, so people are going to recover from it. Do we have any sense of just how much immunity there's going to be if you recover from, a, from a, an encounter with Omicron? Well, what we do know is in the era of Delta or the ancestral Wuhan strain or anything else, that having had the infection was partially protective at best, and that protection was not long-lasting, which was what led to the recommendations that whether you're a professional tennis star like uh, Noah Djokovic or a regular Joe, you need your shots even if you've been infected. I suspect this will be true in the era of Omicron also, and to count on natural immunity producing herd immunity that will get us out of Omicron is not something that we should do. We should really accelerate the pace with vaccinations, including boosters. So I, I had a doctor tell me the other day, and I, I ask you this only um, well, I, because it was told to me that the, the booster vaccine could begin to wane as early as four weeks. Does that sound doable? Well, I mean, we have no realistic? evidence of that. We have no evidence of that. Our expectation is that the booster vaccine properly administered is going to likely get us to next fall 
when we'll need the first of our annual shots as many of us think through COVID going into the future. So how do we, how, how should we expect to deal with this, um, with, 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 with Omicron? And there's another one coming up behind it, I understand. How, yeah. how do we deal with this particular situation? I mean, it's endemic now, as somebody pointed out to earlier in the program. It's already endemic. But how do we yeah. deal with it going forward? Have we learned enough to, to get on with our lives and, and be able to say, okay, so this is a problem. We know how to deal with it. Let's do it and let's get on with things. So I think the winter will be difficult because we spend a lot of time indoors. So unless we invest in huge tents with space heaters or something across the country, it's going to be hard for the winter months. Mm -hmm. We're going to need to get vaccinated. We're going to need to follow the rules, but enjoy that the rules are easier than they were a year ago. Benefit from that. Thinking forward into the summer and fall, I'm not, you know, last year when we predicted dates, that got us into trouble, so I'm not going to predict the date. But going forward, you expect COVID to be around in a predictable fashion, lower numbers in such a way that we will be able to identify the cases, identify and interrupt transmission networks and intervene to limit spread and live our normal lives with endemic COVID. That's the end game. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, um, on the Federal Minister of Health suggesting that provinces will have to turn to if not today, then in the near future, have to turn to uh, mandate, vaccine mandates? Well, we've never done that. And I think this is reflective of his frustration and him just speaking from the heart. There are five reasons and exactly five why people aren't getting vaccinated. Haven't gotten around to it. Don't think it works. Don't think it's safe. Don't think they need it. Don't want it. What we really need to do is to get to people who haven't been vaccinated and explore where they are on that spectrum and encourage them to be vaccinated. That being said, I think what we can expect is that going forward, the unvaccinated will not have the same privileges in society as the vaccinated. And that's just a public health thing. And it's just a thing they're going to have to get used to. I think that's the future for Canada. Mandated vaccination will keep lawyers and judges busy, but it will not, I think, help us get through COVID as it is now. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.